Welcome to The Hot Seat, a sheer therapy podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Pam, and I'll be joining you every week alongside my girls, Denise and Cousin Dan. Every episode, we'll be having real conversations, including the good, the bad, and yes, even the ugly. Although we are three women in different stages of our lives, one single, one married, and one divorced, we can still share our experiences together with love, faith, and a glass of wine in hand, of course. We know you're going to enjoy listening in and riding along this journey we call life with us together. Listen in as we talk, as we get real, and as we get raw. Here we are. Sheer Therapy. And welcome back to another episode of Sheer Therapy. I'm, can you guess who I am? Oh, baby, baby, I shouldn't let you go. I was loving Dead. All Pam here. Pam. Now, if you missed that little second, that tidbit of good music that I just dropped, today's topic is on Britney. Well, not exactly Britney. It's Britney, bitch. It's just kind of like, where do you draw the line with someone's mental health on like taking away their independence and their autonomy and like basically controlling their whole life? Because you think they're not capable. That's why I love you, Dan. Because honestly, <laughs> your words, you just, you know, you just, you read so much and, and you know, <laughs> you know how to use your words God. so nicely that you just, you just, you just delivered it so eloquently. And I, I thank you eloquently. for that. Eloquently. Is that a word? <laughs> Eloquent. Um, yeah, so Denise is a huge Britney fan. I'm obsessed with her legs. I am actually. Yeah, huge Britney fan. So when me and Kevin started dating, me and Denise used to really royally piss him off because we would like dance to Britney Spears in the mirror while he was trying to train us at the gym. Yeah. Oh, and like one of her albums. My kids love the big fat bass. Oh yeah, Britney. But like I love her legs. Um, but yeah, we're talking about, um, you know what, this is kind of like, um, an episode of fame, but when fame, how fame impacts you at a young age and then the price you have to pay after. So yeah, we've been watching Britney Spears twirling on her Instagram page for a long time now. And she just keeps twirling and twirling and twirling. And then like, she'll have these segments where it's like ask me anything and when she's answering like she has the biggest nervous twitch sway side to side high-pitched voice looks strung out and we have to admit it's kind of funny to watch but when you actually look like past the funniness funny Mm -hmm. funny yeah humor it's actually really sad because what you're looking at is probably like a 12 year old girl Mm-hmm. who got everything she wanted too fast. And what happens with these child celebrities are the family is making more and more into it than the actual child. 
of course, any child would want to be like, woo, I'm famous. Madison mm-hmm. always says I'm going to be famous so I can buy a Lamborghini. But I tell her, you could be famous for anything, Madison. You could be famous for being a murderer. You could be famous for being a like something negative. You could be famous for being a like fame doesn't just mean you're a singer on stage. And the price they pay, if you look at the Justin Bieber's, if you look at the Michael Jackson's, if you look at all these kids who started young, like they're effed up, like Mm -hmm. they've got issues. So now it's like you have to pay for this aftermath Mm -hmm. where with her, clearly, clearly her mental health suffered. And now she's in this like deep, serious control from her dad. So Denise or Danielle, you can kind of like explain the backstory of what's happening to her. Because she's yeah. the focus right now. I guess it, the timeline, <clears throat> as to what I remember, is when she shaved off her head, it went downhill from there. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know oh the details. Oh, my God, that seems so long ago. Well, it was. Two years ago. And then I don't know the, the details specifically, but her father basically went to court to ha- take conservatorship, which means, like, he controls her finances, her career, I think even like to the point of like who she can be around the last boyfriend she was with, it was like court ordered or controlled even that she couldn't be with him. So it's like, where's the fine line between like taking someone's rights away, but also protecting them. Cause clearly she wasn't in a healthy mind space to make good decisions. Like who knows she could have been, who knows what would have happened with her money if her dad didn't take it over. Right. Uh Kevin Federline, like, um so i just think that they don't talk about what they've been doing all this time to help her so you're taking her rights away and you're taking any control she has over her life but like how come there's no talk about so in this 13 years though what have you been doing to help her so you think she's batshit crazy um let's control her. But like you clearly in 13 years, haven't been working with her to work on herself 13 years later. And you're twirling around every day with lipstick all over here. And like eyeliner, like, like shit's still downhill from 13 years. So like, who's even helping her? Like the time she drove with her kid on her lap in the front seat. Yeah. And, um, working in mental health, I noticed that like taking away someone's power, is not the way you fix somebody. It's like, you have to give them the tools to help themselves. So is she even in therapy? And uh, we even listened to that Jim Fortune podcast. And he says like, control is an illusion. Control is just a lack of trust. So like, yes, if you can't trust her in her decision-making, why not give her the tools so that she can learn how to make proper decisions or if, if you don't think she can't feel that you can't trust her and you're controlling her, if you can't see that that could impact her mental health even more. Yeah. It's like you look at your children. The more I tell my kids, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, the more they're fidgeting mm-hmm. and then they get upset and then they get restless or they have meltdowns because I'm trying to control them to just sit at the table and not speak and be quiet so I could do myself. Because it's like, I don't trust what they would do if they're off this table while I'm trying to do what I have to do. But it's in turn causing a reaction from the child. So she's just literally like a grown up child reacting. And this stuff all started from young. Like it all started from young. And it's like no one's listening to her. Like, so already working in entertainment, 
you think because you're the star and you're famous, anyone's listening to you, you're being told what to do. Yeah. The moment you wake up to you go to sleep, what to wear, where to go, what to do, how to speak to fan. So no one's listening to you when your career is thriving. And then when you're hitting rock bottom, no one's listening to you. It's just, we're going to tell it like you do as I say type of thing. So, I mean, I just feel like she's had no help. Like and we're still at the same place. Think too, your first song you put out or your first movie, whatever. That's where you've created fans. So if your first fan... And usually, guys, I was in the music industry. We all know this. With me, it was like, well, you're biracial. You need to do this type of music because this is what the people expect. And then finally, it's like, uh, no. So you do something outside the box, but that's what you have to stick to. So if her first song was like poppy and very like studio engineered, but she wants to showcase her voice one day. No, Brittany, just stay in your lane. Stick to the poppy. We like the electronic voice like um voice studio effects and whatever we're not doing we're not doing real vocals but at the end of the day now you're controlled you have to stick to this because god forbid i go off the grid no one's gonna like me yeah so it's sad i think i think too like there's no change because remember britney is her she's paying people like people are on her salary right so she's paying people's bills so you don't want to shake it up right but Brittany oh, might so want to shake it up. But, but they she don't, can't. But she's not important. It doesn't matter. Because yeah. Someone's bills needs to be paid. But you think you're paying everybody's bills so they have to do. But in fact, they're still controlling. Like it's still control. You're just mm-hmm. basically paying them to be on your team. I like imagine we paid all of our friends. And move to Bali. Yeah. Because I. I don't even think she has the tools to even know how to escape from that house. I mean, I, I've always been one to not really take mental health seriously years ago, but I see more obviously in the later years and, um, it's a real thing. Like even when I talk about, I don't like labeling myself per se, but when you think about, um, me having like the ADHD, I always say, um, what is, is that your headphones, Denise, that keeps cracking? Anyways, when I think about like the ADHD or Danielle with her anxiety for years, she'd be like, no, I have anxiety. I'm like, oh, it's in your head. But like it, (laughs) Denise is holding a free Britney sign. But mental health is in your head. It's mental. And it's like you're not at ease about something. So these years, it's like I'm not I'm didn't. It's not like I'm saying it's not real, but it's it's not to what you think. Like if it's something in your head that you're not ease at ease about, you need to try to find a way to be at ease. So if I bring it back again to the ADHD, it's like, it's all under the same umbrella. And I've been researching it a lot lately, but I'm not going to take meds. I'm just not a med person. And I think it's not that serious, but I have characteristics and I have been researching the ways how to work with it. So I can't be overwhelmed. I can't have, if I have a plan to my day, I can't have somebody come in and be like, Hey, hold on. Stop what you're doing. we got to do this. Cause now I, I, my, it's just gone. Like my head is gone. It doesn't make you know sense what, to me anymore. Do you, know your plan, do you know what your plan for today is? I'm not doing your hair. You're doing your hair with my hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to, I just want to help you. But it's like, 
while we were recording, I got a text message. Hey, are you home? I need to use like your bathroom. And I'm like, I can't because if that happens, it's going to throw me off because I've planned between the hours of 11 and 12, I'm recording this podcast. So I have to now learn how to not do that. But then it's like the people pleaser in me wants to do it, but it's like people now I see it's like, you have to take it seriously, but it's not it's more so you have to take it seriously for yourself. Mm -hmm. So when you first identify like, yes, there are some things in my brain that need some help. It's like, you need to get strong in that. And it goes back to boundaries. Like you have to create these boundaries. Look guys, this is how my brain works. So I can't have you show up and do this, or this is how my brain works. If they try to show up and do it, no, I'm busy. No, or turn off your phone or don't answer because nothing is that serious unless mm -hmm. like it was an emergency, but it's like in her case, I don't know exactly what she's battling, but obviously it started young and it wasn't dealt with because she probably didn't know the tools at that age to deal with it. And it just grew and grew and grew and grew till now. Look, she looks like she's crazy because she's swirling around, but really she's just saying, help, help me, help me. Like I can't make one decision for myself because nobody trusts it. Because when I was 12, given all this stuff, my brain stopped working how it should for a 12 year old. So it's sad. It's very sad. I don't know. And one, and two, like, I know it's easier said than done, but like, like this is how much um, obligation people feel to, to life, like to the point that like, if all this pressure is making you feel this sick, like just leave it. Yeah. Like, and I know it's like not, not easy, but it's kind of easy because the bigger picture is like, like what's the point in life to push through things that are killing you? for the sake of feeling obligated to something like you could walk away tomorrow and the people will pick up the pieces. Like, sorry, I know people depend on her for things, but like they will find a way yeah. to figure out their life after. Like and it's it not could worth be, killing yourself about. Like for me, I get torn from two sides because it's like celebrity status. Right. And if you have a talent, so I'm a great singer. I want to be a singer. I want to be a star. Right. Let's look at that like scenario. And I want to dance and I want people to hear my music and have a great time and whatever. But when it comes to that magnitude, some people, it's like they're talented. Somebody saw them, created it for them. Some people search for it. But when it comes at that magnitude of like fans and stuff, it's like, is it really just your love of wanting to create music anymore? Or is it that you need that, um, that, mm -hmm. um, what's the word I'm saying from the fans, you need them to tell you how great you are and whatever. So it's like, you don't actually even stick to the talent anymore. It's, I need everybody to tell me how wonderful I am. So I need to keep being wonderful so they can keep telling me that I'm wonderful. Cause if she misses dancing and doing whatever, keep spinning in your room, spin on the street, spin anywhere, teach kids dance classes, like anything. Right. But it's like, then you have to analyze, like, why am I doing this? So if you're getting torn somewhere in the middle, that right there can give you mental health issues. Because so like, it's like they have to look at why they're staying obligated, not just yeah. like why they think people need them. But why do you need people? people. Because really, if if you're miserable, you could leave. But obviously you're sticking it out. I don't think it's that easy. It's like it's like people people like, for example. Like 
slavery or living in neighborhoods that are like low income type neighborhoods, right? And they're formulated to like, the way how you formulate the like living in low income neighborhoods is they they build it and create it so that you're locked in there. So they provide you all of your comforts. They provide mm-hmm. you like the fast food restaurants right here. It's very accessible to you. The convenience store is very accessible to you. Everything is very accessible within walking distance, which leaves you entrapped and and not wanting to think about wanting to leave outside of that community and find better. So like when an op- that's why it's weird. Like when, like, for example, when people say, okay, well, slavery was 200 years ago, you're free now. Well, yeah, you're free physically, right? You don't have any physical shackles on you, but mentally you still believe you're oppressed, right? Mm-hmm. So Brittany can open a door and walk out of her house, but when you've been mentally beaten down so much for 13 years, you know you're supposed to do better. You know you're supposed to leave. You know there's a better side across that street if you cross it, but you don't have the mental capacity to cross that road. And that's why you stay in that situation that you're always in. So that's why it's like, but it's she weird. Was oppressed. She was oppressed. That's why people say all the time, I don't understand. Like, why are you still in this situation? Why are you still in this relationship? Why are you still in this? Because you know you're not supposed to be in that relationship. You know you're not supposed to be treated this way. You know, you know that if you cross the street, there's a there's there's healthy options and healthy op- opportunities and wonderful things for you to do. But you're so mentally oppressed and beat down, you know, you you don't have the ability to cross that street. So I think that's where she's at. But I feel like when it's first happening to you, um. I feel like when it's first happening to you though, that's where people battle. So like when you're still at the point where you're healthy to make decisions, but you're feeling the pressure, that's when you should analyze to yourself, do I stay out of this situation or do I keep going? And I think a lot of people keep going because as much as they feel pressure, there's gains in it for them. There's gains. So at that time when she was still in her right mind, yeah, she felt the pressure, but the gain was, well, I'm making money. I'm famous. I'm touring. I have fans. She was still at that point where the gain for her outweighed the pressure. And so I feel like people get stuck because they don't make the critical choice at that moment. Like when they're struggling between the pressure and the gain, they're not making a a critical decision. They keep pushing through until it's too late. Yeah. But I think too, like also like you, you you signed like she forcibly not forcibly but she signed a conservatorship so it's not a conservatorship is a legal document that's not so easy to get out of right it's pretty much letting you know that we're this is an emergency we're taking you over right now because you don't have the mental capacity to make the decisions for herself she was for sure oppressed signing that thing you you're oppressed so you couldn't get up and sit down and say okay good guys i'm not oppressed anymore i don't feel like doing this anymore you signed a document you're obligated to the terms of that document like she even said yesterday in the hearing they have an iud in me and i wanted to take the iud and they refuse to take the iud out of me the doctors refuse to remove the iud because they don't want me having any more babies so all of the doctors and all of the therapists are all hired and picked picked meticulously and they're picked 
to form around this conservatorship. So that's why she's always barred and trapped. That's what I'm saying. Like, she's not really getting help. Even if she no, has a medical she, team, that's what she said. they're there she said, to tell her what she's doing. Yes, that's what she said. I'm going to therapy three times a week and I'm going to a place that they're not even helping me. They're actually telling me, how dare you, Brittany? They're beating me down, telling me, how dare you? You should be grateful that you have people helping you. So every, so everybody is all, everybody's getting paid. <laughs> Everybody's getting paid to to do to do essentially what the conservatorship wants. And who's the owner of the conservatorship? The father. That's why, too, I think it's very necessary for your children and at a young, young age to really get that whole. Um, oh, my dog's going to bark to get that whole um, thing in knowing yourself and, and having like self-awareness and stuff very strong, because at the same time, if you can really instill that hardcore, not saying that that's a guarantee, then you could really um, get that out of the way so that when you're making these decisions at a young age, you you can kind of understand it a little bit more. And so, yeah, just to kind of wrap it up, I guess the big question is, um, is it okay to take that power away from someone? Like, is it sometimes necessary to take control? Yeah. Like, I think it's, of course, like, for example, if, if I have like real elderly parents and they're going out there, like going out there, taking long walks and you can't find them and they're not coming back home or like yeah. you see their credit card charges going up, like, of course, I'm going to take control. But it's but it's it's a matter of who's taking control and 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 what's their mental state. Are they a bunch of manipulators abusing abusing the conservatorship? Because a conservatorship is actually supposed to be a positive tool, right? It's mm-hmm. the individual who's who's in control of it yeah. is the one that messes it up. <laughs> yeah. Well, many aspects of that we might have to break it down into another one. But um, let us know your thoughts. Um, and um free britney hashtag free britney but um yeah if you have any britney boo (laughs) thoughts on that support sending her lots of positivity love um let us know what you think Uh, we're gonna go to la because we're gonna go (laughs) we're gonna get denise is gonna free britney so don't worry i'm gonna free britney free britney Britney. oh baby um, baby Yep. Until then, we'll see. We'll see you guys next week. We have some fun stuff in the store of what we're doing, but you have to stay tuned. We'll hit you, baby, one more time. Thank you for that outro. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Hot Seat, a sheer therapy podcast. We hope you enjoyed yourself and can't wait to be with you again next week. If you've taken anything away from this today, it's to live, love, forgive, have faith, and always have a glass of wine and your girls. We can't wait to be with you all again next week. See you soon.